0: a check a check a check a check 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 a check a check 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 Yeah Alrighty Alrighty then let's call to Brenda (laughs) Bing Bong boom Let's call her up Hello How you doing?
1: Let me tell you. Tell me. I've never had food poisoning before. Yeah. Until two nights ago.
0: You've never had food
1: poisoning before? Can you believe that actually?
0: You've never been to Mexico?
1: You know, I have, and I, I, it's like, I always say, and now I can't, don't know if I can say it anymore. I always say I have a stomach of steel. Like I can really eat anything. I don't have any allergies. Like I have friends that are so sensitive to certain things. And when I'm traveling, I'm like, yeah, I can eat anything. And I really can. And then Saturday, uh, Sunday night, Sunday night, I had a bunch of people over, we grilled burgers and I projectile vomited up that burger. All mm. night long on Sunday.
0: Damn, so it was the burger? What else did you get? Had, had a burger and I what else?
1: I only had a burger and some like frozen sweet potato fries that we put in the oven. That was uh, it.
0: Did, so you, I, I was thinking did you make either, the burger?
1: No, a bunch of dudes were like grilling burgers, but no one else got sick.
0: Yeah. Okay. What I've noticed is it, it takes about 12 hours. So did you get sick 12 hours later from eating that burger?
1: No, it wasn't quite 12.
0: Okay, what did you eat before that?
1: Something that I had been eating all week, like a meal prep thing.
0: Mm, Maybe that meal prep went bad.
1: I don't think it hasn't been that long. Really? And it was like pasta, you know, like with no meat in it. I just, I don't know. Yeah, ooh. But all that to say, I started feeling nauseous as I was going to sleep Sunday night. I knew something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up at like 1 a.m. And I I was like, is this what it feels like to, to, to feel like you have to throw up? Like, I can't remember. The last time I puked, I was probably 23 when yeah. I had like a really bad stomach virus. I just don't get sick like that, and and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna barf. And then I went ran to the bathroom. Didn't even make it to the toilet. Had to go in the sink the first time.
0: Ooh, Ew. gross. I know. It's a fun then, cleanup.
1: Yeah, and then went and sat on the floor by the toilet for hours. And it was miserable.
0: I'm sorry. Miserable. Yeah, so we were supposed to record yesterday. So I texted Brandy in the morning and I was like, Should we push to tomorrow and so we can watch like The Bachelor and like have something to to talk about? And she was like, Thank God, because I'm sick. And I just assumed you were hungover.
1: No, no. I had food. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it was food poisoning because I'm fine now. Yeah. And yesterday I felt like shit, but I think it was because, A, I had been puking all night and was exhausted and didn't sleep. And then I laid in bed all day yesterday mm. and slept most of the day. And then my body was super sore, but I was like, that's because I've laid in a bed for 24 hours. Yeah. So I just like was not feeling good yesterday. definitely could not have had video going yesterday. No. You know? And well, That's um, good. So, this was perfect. And, and now I, I feel better. I am chugging Gatorade though, still.
0: That's good. I saw some, someone tweeted out a realistic commercial for Gatorade really should be someone hungover in bed trying to drink Gatorade while still on their side. You know, because we all done are like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not like athletes making no. three pointers. Like, that's not, no. Gatorade is for every man. It's true. When you're sick or like hungover even, do you hate when people are in your house? Yes. I do too.
1: Yes. I And I actually, I have friends staying with me right now. Yeah. And so sweet that they want to come up here and do you need anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. you something? And it's like, that's so sweet, but like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to live in this hole of misery alone, in the dark, by myself.
0: Totally. I used to date a girl back in Nashville. She was the first person I ever heard use this term, but she would get the Sunday scaries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're not familiar with that, it's like you're hungover on Sunday, maybe have a little bit of anxiety of like what you said or did the night before. You don't want to move. You're dreading the fact that you have to go back to work tomorrow. And so she would get the Sunday scaries. And so we would all go out on Saturday and then Sunday she would be there, at my house and I'd be like, you need to leave now. And she would not want, she would not leave. And it's the, one of the reasons why we broke up. Cause I was like, you have to get out of my house because I don't <laughs> want you here right now. Cause I have the Sunday series too, but I don't want to be around anybody. I need you to leave now, please go do your thing over there at your house. I need my little cocoon of silence and my little cocoon of happiness. There was one day when we got into a gigantic fight where I was like, you need to go home. And she was like, I have the Sunday scaries. You're being so mean. And that's, that's kind of how we broke up. I was like, okay, we're done. You, you got to get the fuck out of here. So the moral of the story is don't hang out at someone's house the next day if, if, if people aren't feeling good. You got to get out of there.
1: You got to go. Yeah. Agreed. Also, like I was thinking as miserable as I was, but I was like, as I was laying on the floor puking, mm-hmm. I was just thinking like, if I lived with someone, I would not want them to hear this. Yeah. Smell this. Yeah. Deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like that would just be so tough. It's a lot. Especially like one of my best friends lives in a little like studio apartment with her boyfriend. And I'm like, could you imagine? Yeah. If you got sick the other night and you were projectile vomiting and Oof. you only have one bathroom, like, uh-uh.
0: Speaking of projectile vomiting, have you seen Triangle Sadness yet?
1: No, I haven't.
0: (sighs) Dude, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's one of the best movies of the year. I know, I know. You're going to love it. Well, I'm sorry that you got sick. That's the worst. Was it coming up both ends or were you just puking?
1: It was just puke, actually. I was shocked, which is really why I thought it was food poisoning. Yeah. But I don't know.
0: Well, I'm glad you're better now. And now we get to talk uh, about The Bachelor. So, yeah. So, should we start the show?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's start Yeah, the show. yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it near yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea.
0: Bros and hoes, you're listening to Your Favorite Thing Podcast with?
1: Wells and Brandy. <laughs> we both are having issues. So, yeah. Apparently.
0: Wait, so, we're, the, we're on the struggle bus, okay?
1: Struggle bussing.
0: Struggle bussing.
1: and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back.
0: That's right. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code favorite at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code favorite thing. Okay, this is really going to be the first episode where we go into depth of The Bachelor. Yeah,
1: well, it didn't get good until now. It really didn't. Yeah,
0: And it's so funny because I think my biggest complaint about Zach this entire time is that he's making too many good decisions. Like he's getting rid of like problematic people. So there's like is no drama. Mm-hmm. Interesting to find out that the problematic person there is Zach. <laughs> and not the women.
1: Yeah. Oof.
0: So it's sex week, which what? Who's calling it that? And why is it now called sex week?
1: No one's calling it that.
0: No one's ever called it that. It's fantasy sweet week and you can't have sex. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about this whole thing. (laughs) Let's hear them. So he talks to Sean. Yeah. And Sean seems like a wonderful guy. (laughs) But Sean was the born-again virgin. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So he goes to the born-again virgin to ask for advice. And Sean's advice is don't have sex with anybody, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so... Zach decides to take this as gospel <laughs> and implement this thing, which, by the way, is so fucking weird. Yep. First of all, Sean's whole thing was he was a born-again virgin. That means he had sex at one point, but he didn't yeah. have sex on his thing, and it worked for him, right? Mm-hmm. Still a crapshoot, if you ask me, because yep. if you're getting engaged, we talked about it last week, you got to know if the P and the V fix. If they don't, it doesn't, and it won't, and that's <laughs> the end of that. You know? You're
1: right. Yes.
0: So then he decides to go tell Jesse, hey, listen, I've talked to the guy that you've been having me go for advice this entire season, and he gave me some terrible advice, I think. But I've decided to let everyone know that we're not going to be having sex during Fantasy Sweet Week. You know, he was like, oh, wow, bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays out. I kind of wish Jesse was like, ah know About that one, I don't know that's a good idea, you know. Like, and it's not even so much that it's not a good idea to not have sex because that's fine. I think where it's weird is telling everybody that.
1: Well, of course,
0: think about if you went on a date or if you've been on a couple dates or whatever, it's kind of like a 40 year old virgin. You go on a date and you say, Listen, we're not having sex, and then it's like, Whoa, dude! Like, uh, first of all, you don't get to make that decision, that's a decision we make together cause maybe I don't want to fuck you, right? <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's a it's a very weird thing. like there needs to be consent from both parties. and one guy can't just one person can be like, we're just never doing it. Well, it's like, hold on, well, there's it's two parts of this story. But setting up a night like that with that, that's weird because then you put expectations on something, right? Yeah,
1: I think the other issue with it, and I think it was Ariel that maybe said it too. It's like, When somebody does that, it just immediately, it's like the most massive buzzkill. Right. It's like when you're first dating, like you're, at least for me, especially now, like when I go on dates, it's, there's a very fine line between like, is this a friend vibe or is there something more? Yeah. And so, like, if you don't keep it sexy and, and like, keep yourself like dramatically out of the friend zone, then that's, Dangerous territory, and so to like, take sex off the table completely and before an overnight date to me is completely killing the vibe and putting yourself in a fucking friend zone.
0: Yeah, it's so it's not good. It's a weird. It's so weird. You know, I went into the episode thinking that it was Ariel that he boned down with because to me, me she seems very sexual, and uh-huh. you know she's. And not-
1: I think they have the best chemistry.
0: Yeah, I do love that when he was like, "I love Ariel. She's very well traveled. Just say she's rich." Just say it because we're all <laughs> thinking that's what you're saying, which I think she is. I think her is family. She? Well, I don't know. She, her family lives in Manhattan, you know, like at, she, she works on Wall Street. I just love that like subcontext of like, oh, you're saying she's rich. Got it. Cool. That's fine. Just say it. But yeah, so it's not Ariel that goes to the boneyard with Zach. Mm-hmm. Then we have date number two with Gabby. This poor girl is so in her head. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole, like, the second date, I'm insecure, yada, yada, yada. And there was a moment there where I was like, is Zach about to send her home? Like, anytime there's any sort of a woman showing feelings or vulnerability, he's like, you gotta get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah, that is the track
0: record. Yeah, but he didn't. He mm-hmm. he calmed her down and they went to dinner and then he does this weird spiel about how he's not having sex with her. In the, the most honest response Gabby says, well, I'm not going to get engaged to somebody I haven't had sex with, which I thought, good for you. Like, that's, yeah. it's just, you, at least your head is screwed on straight. No one else in this world is, mm-hmm. is sane except for the one girl who's, like, kind of having a little bit of a, of a nervous breakdown right. th- three hours prior.
1: Yeah.
0: They go to pound town, population two. And then the next morning, Zach might have done the cringiest thing that I think that uh, I've ever seen anybody do on this show. And I've seen so much. Mm -hmm. He goes and finds his bro, Jesse.
1: Poor Jesse.
0: Tells him that he had sex the night beforehand (laughs) with three cameras on him. Uh We all do it like I think in our friend groups, you know, like if you're like the next morning hanging out with your buddy and it's like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, we had sex and whatnot. (laughs) But to do it on national television Mm -hmm. in front of millions of people to kiss and tell to tell a story that's not fully his to a lot of people, I think is the worst thing you could have done. Yeah. So then he tells Jesse, Hey, listen, I got to tell the women. And Jesse's like, what? No, you don't." I mean, like, I think that's in his mind. Like, I I wish that I'd been there, been like, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. You actually should not be doing that. You should not tell anybody. I know,
1: but I do feel like Jesse's role is to, to not really tell somebody what to do or not to do because that's what makes such a good TV, right? Is to let it unravel and they make bad choices.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying what I would have said in that situation. I would right. have been like, I, dude, think about how that's going to look. Like mm-hmm. you kissing and telling. But it's not just you kissing and telling to like your high school. It's right national television. Mm-hmm. Then he has his date with Katie that day. But he decides to go to Gabby's room to tell her. We had sex last night. I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to tell everybody. And she says something that I think is interesting. She says, I didn't know you were such a baller, which I think, in the way that he perceived it, was that she thought, wow, that's a cool move. But I think that the way that she meant it was like, you're such a big baller, you're going to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. And you could tell she got the ick in that moment of oh, like, for sure. what? My parents are watching this. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have to know this. No one has to know this. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. So he made out with the chick that he had slept with the night before the day that he has the date with Katie. And then he goes and has this date with Katie. No one needs to know this information. Why would you tell? The fact that Katie kind of ate it, I guess, like she she, she didn't she didn't like it, and then she got over it. I, mm-hmm. It was just so weird.
1: It was weird. It was weird. And here's the thing. I think I understand his intention behind all this in the beginning. And and I wish they had showed him actually saying this verbatim because I think it would have made more sense to everyone. I understand, you know, at one point he says like, that's not a healthy way to start an engagement, but they don't, but they don't show what he's talking about is not a healthy way to start an engagement. What I'm, what I'm getting from it is that it's not healthy to sleep with three women and then get engaged to one and start an engagement after just having slept with three people. I understand that.
0: I agree with that. For
1: sure. I understand that. But my whole thing is like, I think he thinks, I think he's scared going in and sleeping with, you know, either all three of them or whatever it is, and then and then not telling them, and then after the show airs, somehow feeling like he's going to get in all this trouble yeah. for keeping it from everybody. But nobody has to know. Like, if he hadn't said anything about sleeping with Gabby, we would have never known they slept together. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so it's like he's he's trying to protect himself, but ends up throwing himself in the fucking fire over this. Because the only way that this would have ever happened is if, like the women had come out after the final rose and like out- outed him, but they wouldn't have even had to do that if he hadn't prefaced this whole no sex thing. Yeah. You know?
0: It was such an odd He's way. He's
1: creating more problems for himself than there were.
0: Yeah. And I, I talked about this on-, on my Instagram story. I think what's cringy about the, I'm telling everybody that we can't have sex beforehand. That's not a- That's not a thing you need to do on camera. Like there is right. that moment that they close the door and they push the camera guys out and then you get to have the entire night to talk. And that would have been the time to be like, hey, listen, I've kind of implemented this rule where like I don't want, I'm not having sex with anybody. And I'm doing that because I've watched previous seasons and I watched how Susie got mad at Clayton for, the, for like this. And I, I don't want to do that. So like, hey, listen, like just so you know, like I'm going to do like no sex thing. Are you cool with that? And then the, I'm sure they would have been like, yeah, I get it, totally. It's a thing that didn't need to be done on camera. I know, and so that's where I'm just like, what? Why did you do that? Then we go to the rose ceremony, right? I feel bad for Ariel because he starts talking about he did something, and I'm sure she's like, I don't, what the fuck are you talking about? I was the first date we you said we didn't have sex, we didn't have sex. So like, we, like what's going on? Oh, you fucked one of them. like you you fucking you, you screwed one of them. Got it? Mm-hmm. If you notice on Ariel's like drive away. I think that she is smart enough to realize what was going on. And she was like, Good riddance, I'm out of here. For like, sure. she, she didn't cry at all. I mean, she did the whole thing of like, I need to find that person or whatnot. <laughs> I think she was like, There's a little bit of a light bulb moment being like, Oh, whoa, weird. Mm-hmm. Did you get that vibe?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But I think the juiciest part of the whole thing for me yeah. was like at, at the end when it's just Gabby and Katie left. Yeah. Zach doesn't even look at Gabby.
0: Yeah, I know. He
1: first of all, first of all, first of all, he gives Katie the first rose. Yes, I know. I get it. He's making up for mm-hmm. all the things. You know, he's making up to Katie all the shit that just went down. Yeah. But after Gabby's rant about feeling chosen second, yep. to then give her the second rose, damn, that's cold.
0: Yeah, and
1: that's cold.
0: We don't know what happened with Katie, but you know, but you know that he had sex with with Gabby. Yeah. And so how does that like that's such a like you screwed me and then I'm still second? Mm-hmm. What am I to you?
1: Yeah. Then that he comes back from saying bye to Ariel and then he does he look he doesn't look at Gabby. He I hugs know. Katie first. Like he's talking straight to Katie during his little speech. Poor Gabby's just like standing there. Yeah. I I honestly am a little surprised that there was no pushback from her on accepting the rose.
0: Unfortunately, and we've seen this in, throughout the season. She, you can tell she's very insecure. Like she has some, some issues. Very. She's, she's very meek. Her issues, and she talks about it, are because mm-hmm. she's insecure. But yeah, you can see that there's a little bit of like a fire inside of her. And you could tell there was a second when he offered her the rose that she was like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. I've got the ick now. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I, I, I know a couple things. You should never kiss and tell. No. Especially when millions of people are watching. Yeah. That story is a story that needs to be told together. It's not just your story. It's also Gabby's. And you don't know how her grandma feels about this or how her her father feels about this. Totally. And like, listen, parents know that their kids have have sex. You don't love to hear about it on TV. And then who knows what's going to happen? I mean, like, if he does choose Katie insult to injury of this poor girl like not only did was it exposed that she had sex at an overnight or at a fantasy suite but then she didn't get picked you might be able to swallow that bullet if they do get engaged and get married because it's like well you know it all worked out in the end but if not it just feels like oh you treated my daughter like a piece of meat a little bit yes you're the star of this show but an engagement and a relationship is a two-party system yeah And I know that this is how things have gone in the past. I won't name names or seasons or whatnot, but a lot of times what happens is you kind of know who you're going to pick as you're in that situation, as you get to that. There's kind of been a front runner or someone who's like been kind of like the person the entire time. And for people that I've, I have that I know that have been successful in the show, in this situation, what they end up doing is the person that they know that they're going to be with, like that they want to pick, they do end up having sex with them or making love to them or whatever you want to call it. And then the other two, that's not what happened. They hook up or whatnot. It doesn't get to that level. And that's all he needed to do. But I think what's scary is, is that I don't think he knows. And that's why. I think it was up between Gabby and Katie. Uh huh. Mhm. Anyways, woof.
1: I know. Cringe. Cringe. Cringe.
0: It's so weird because like this, the entire season was very, very blah, mm-hmm. and then you have this last episode, which is like, holy crap, where was this this entire time? I know. Anyways,
1: I really have this whole time. I felt like Katie was the one yeah but now i'm wondering if he if katie's got the ick too and where it's like he's kind of ruined it with everything he's done like i don't know
0: yeah i don't know i think what's going to happen is he's going to pick katie and i think that yeah gabby is going to be so upset but then so angry at this after the final rose thing and i think that she
1: oh for sure
0: and deservingly so and then there's going to be a Mm -hmm. thing of like she should be the bachelorette that, that's what I think is going to happen. I you know? know,
1: but they already picked the bachelorette, so...
0: Yeah. I don't know why they always feel the need to do that so early. I know. You know? I just... Yeah. Because there's a world where I'm like, Arielle would be a great bachelorette. I know, I agree. She's well-traveled. <clears throat> She's rich, apparently. She's pretty. She seems smart. She'd be a great, great bachelorette. I think Charity is going to be great as well, but I don't know the entire story yet. Yeah. I need to know all the information before I can decide, as a fan of the show, who I really want to be the Bachelorette. Who deserves it the most? I agree. You know? Yep. All right. Is that, is that, is that all we got to do? With that? Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's enough. That's enough. I think that's it. Uh, you got some fave things, bro, or what? Bro. Bro.
1: Daisy Jones and the Six is so good.
0: Oh, So is it a show or is it a movie? You talked about this last week.
1: It's a show. It's eight episodes. And I just finished it last night. And for some reason, I just assumed it was only like a limited series, like a one season type of thing. Mm -hmm. But the way it ends is very abrupt and leads me to believe that there's going to be a second season. Yeah. Which is incredible. It is so good. It did take me about an episode and a half to get hooked. Like the first episode was a little slow. But once I was hooked, man, was I hooked they cast it so well the music in it is so good I think it's incredible that those actors and actresses are the ones singing like it's their voices and I'm so curious because I need to do a little more digging but you know riley kioff she's Elvis's granddaughter I saw an interview where she said that when she went in for her audition that she lied and they were like well, what would you lie about and she says uh they asked me if I could sing and I said yes she was like but I have no singing experience like I don't think i don't know that i can sing and well freaking lo and behold yes she can like she's incredible you know which is so cool so i don't know i really loved it it's very reminiscent of almost famous like that vibe and that time and like the costumes and like all of it and so if you liked that like you'll like this for sure sam claflin is phenomenal in this but i think the standout actor in the whole thing is the girl that plays his wife her name's camilla both in the show and in real life okay it doesn't look like she's done anything really you know but before this like no, no no huge credits on her resume or anything but she's phenomenal and she's so beautiful so she was one of my favorites but highly recommend this show you guys gotta watch it
0: all right what's it on
1: amazon prime
0: okay i'm gonna get on that and
1: it's uh you know reese witherspoon's company did it of course it's a Hello sunshine production of course of
0: course yeah. Ted Lasso's back. So was- I it? like <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I'm just happy it's back. I like the direction it's going. Yeah, he's just so wonderful. I can't believe you don't like Ted Lasso. He's like so such a heartfelt, warm place. <laughs> and then it's also funny and like it just gives gets you all in all the feels. I'm just rooting. Rooting for him now, you know? I really want Richmond to not get relegated. I want them to, 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 to compete. And I really want them to take down the old equipment manager on the take him down because he's being a little bitch. Mm-hmm. It's good, good character arc for that guy. But, anyways, Ted Lasso. Like, I don't listen to Brandy, everybody. It's just so, such a great one of, the, one, it's one of the greats of ours or any other generation. I love it I so much. I do
1: think I'm like the only person
0: that yeah. doesn't like it. Yeah, it's yeah. a hot take for you for sure. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, very hot take. Okay, so we watched two movies over again. I do think that, like, yes, the show is about our favorite new things, but also just about like old classics for
1: sure.
0: I watched The Martian again. So good. I love that movie so I much. Do too. It is so good. Matt Damon is so funny in that. It's so good. Jessica what inspired Jess-
1: you to watch
0: this? This is what like, TikTok's doing now where they're, like, they'll are like they show me clips of movies that I like. And I'm oh. like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot I like that movie so much. You know. And it was, it was like the first clip I saw was him sci- sciencing the shit out of this thing, is what he says. You know, And he, he starts growing potatoes on, on Mars and stuff. And, and I was like, God, I do like that movie. Like, he's such a good botanist. So finally <laughs> one night I was like, Sarah and I were like, what should we watch? And I was like, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch The Martian. Okay, and so we watched it, and it's so good. It is. God dang it. What a great show The Martian is.
1: You know it was a book first.
0: I know, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then we watched another one last night, and so good. I Love You, Man. Have you ever seen I Love You, Man?
1: Of course.
0: Jason Segel. You know what's funny is that Jason Segel has made two of my favorite comedies of all time. Really? Really? Yes, I love you, man. And forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think honestly, I think that forgetting Sarah Marshall might be the best rom com ever. I'll say that. I I I really do. It's so well done. But I love you, man. I mean, is the best like buddy rom com. I think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Paul Rudd is so fucking funny. And what's crazy, is I I kind of like have attributed the things that are really, really good are are really quotable films and and TV shows and stuff. Yep, for sure. And I quote, I love you, man, I think maybe more than any other movie. Like I say letters of the men, Jay, all the time. And I also <laughs> say like, I'll see you there or I'll see you on some other time. <laughs> like... <laughs> All the time. And if I don't say it, slap in the bass, ma, slap in the bass. Like, it's so many quotable lines in that film. It's so freaking good. And if you just need to, like, sit down and watch something that you know is going to be good, I love you, man, just kills it. And, like, so Paul Rudd and Jason Segel are just so great. And then you have the guy from Reno 911 who he kisses because he thinks he's gay. That's so funny. And then Lou Ferrigno f- is in it for some, like, the Hulk's in it, and, like, that is so freaking funny. And Tevin, like, the other real estate guy who's such a dick, <laughs> he's like, I I pissed on his face in a Bennigan's recently. <laughs> like, there's so <laughs> many fucking funny things about that. Like, the fact that they love Rush, and, like, Rush makes an appearance. Like, the movie is just so good. I. I really do. It's like, it's so underrated, but it's just such I a know. fantastic movie.
1: People do love it, though. It's, it's, I feel like it's not super underrated. It's just older and no one talks about it anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't but know.
1: Was, I feel like people love that movie.
0: I know. Where are the comedies from Jason Siegel? And he is doing that show on Apple Plus called Shrinking, I guess, right now with.
1: Oh, he's in that? I haven't seen that yet.
0: Yeah, with um, Harrison Ford. Okay. So now I want to watch that, but I'm sure he's not super funny. But I like it when he's a comic that is. So good. He's also so good in How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> and he's good in Freezing Geeks, dude. That guy kills. Yeah. Everyone knows Paul Rudd, but I love Jason Segel. He's one of my favorites. That for you? Mm-hmm. i that for you. Yeah.
1: You know what else I started? I did what? not finish it. Kieran Knightley has a new movie on oh, Hulu. Oh Do you I, see this? No. It's called The Boston Strangler. Do Ooh. you remember that? I guess he was a serial killer.
0: Like in like the 1900s? It was
1: before our time, but I just feel like, I mean, I've definitely heard of it. You know what I mean? I don't think I lived through it necessarily, but, um, oh yeah, so this was in the 60s, so obviously we didn't live through it. But I do remember hearing about it. First of all, I haven't seen Kira in anything in so long. Like, I don't know where she's been. But I I think this is the first thing I've ever seen her in, that she has an American accent. And it is so different to watch her with that
0: accent. Loretta McLaughlin was the reporter who first connected the murders and broke the story of the Boston Strangler. She and Gene Cole challenged the sexism of the early 1960s to report on the city's most notorious serial killer, the Boston Strangler, on Hulu. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah. Kieran Knightley, Chris Cooper. Oh, he's in a lot of stuff. That's good. Oh, great. yeah,
1: I love him. Yeah, it's good. I need to finish it, but um, but I liked it, what I'd seen, and, you know... I just love a good serial killer story. Yeah. You know?
0: Women really love serial killers. (laughs) It's very interesting. I know. I wonder what the psychology is behind it, because a lot of times you're the victims of serial killers.
1: I would say most of the
0: time. Most of the time. 100%. But you (laughs) guys are obsessed with it. And I wonder if it's like a thing where you're like, if I learn enough about it, then I won't be subject. Yeah, like... The boss's strangle won't get me.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: If I was a woman, I don't know if I would want to watch that because then it would just freak me the fuck out all the time. I know. The reason why I don't like to watch, like, ghost movies is because I'm scared of ghosts.
1: Oh. Are you scared of ghosts?
0: I am. I think they're real.
1: Oh. You know, I have a ghost uh, hanging out with me that's been with me since I went to Wyoming. Really? And honestly, she seems, like, super friendly.
0: Let's talk about this. This is amazing. This is... Have
1: I not told you about this? No.
0: You have a ghost... Oh, yeah. And she's goes. a she. How do you know that?
1: I went to Wyoming in November, okay. I'm pretty sure, to do like this magazine cover shoot. I stayed for two nights. And when I got there, they had just gotten like the biggest snowstorm they've had in like years. It was like negative 12 degrees outside was like the high. Yeah. And so we get there the first night and, you know, we're, we're each getting our like rooms or whatever. And I actually made somebody switch rooms with me. I forget why. So I actually wasn't even in the room I was supposed to be in go to sleep that night and I had a 5 a.m. call time to get up and take a shower to, to like start glam for this shoot. And I go to sleep and I like to sleep in the cold. Like I keep my house at, I mean, I keep it at 64 in the winter and 67 in the summer. So I like it cold. And so like, I remember like I, you know, had it on probably 65. I just like the heat like blasting on me. And I go to sleep and I wake up at like, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning and I'm like I'm so fucking cold like what the heck like I'm I'm never cold and I was like freezing so I like, put my sweatshirt on you know and tried to go back to sleep and then I woke up again like and, you know not long after and I was like it's fucking freezing in here what is the deal I get up and go over to the thermostat and it says it's 52 degrees in my room but that's not, like I had it set on 65 you yeah. know what I mean And I was like, well shit. I was like, I guess my heat's not working. And so I go ahead and get up, had to take a shower in the freezing cold because I had to be downstairs for this call time. And I go downstairs and I'm telling everybody like, dude, like the heat's out in my room. It was working when I went to sleep and then it went out. And somebody from the hotel was like over here, heard me and they were like, oh, that's probably so-and-so. She's uh, a ghost that lives on the third floor. Her name's Kate Arnold. It's online, like this is a real thing. Okay. And so basically she was like the housekeeper of the inn and died in there, lives on the third floor. And they, people that like knew her said that she like loves the hotel so much, always considered it her home or whatnot. And that she loves the cold and that that's why she turned my heat off. They also said that she likes to turn lights off, that she's like weird about having all the lights on. And even this, like, I just Googled it. The first thing that popped up, it's like legends of America. And it talks about Kate Arnold and the Sheridan in Wyoming in and it says that the historic inn, complete with electrical power which ran from a coal-fired threshing threshing machine engine a whistle would be blown at midnight to remind everyone that the building's 200 lights should be turned off so this was like a thing at this inn. Mm. this whistle blows at midnight to turn all the lights off or whatever and they said that she was like a stickler for the lights being turned off and so now like she likes to turn lights off guys i'm not kidding you ever since i left wyoming everywhere i go flickering lights Or Uh lights turn off. Everywhere I go. I went to go ride my horse a couple days after I got home. And we have an indoor arena with like four rows of overhead lights. And a whole row of the lights started flickering when I went in there on my horse and like shut off. And I asked the trainer that was in there. I go, hey, has this happened before? She was like, no, that's so weird. And I was like, wait, I think this is the ghost. And then in my bathroom here, I have vanity lights above my sink and there's one bulb in there. I've changed it four times, so I know it's not the bulb. It flickers constantly. Like it'll flicker and it'll go like halfway off and then I don't know where it'll turn back on and then it'll go off. It's constant. And everywhere I go, I swear to God, there's like flickering lights. Whoa. So I think she followed me home and I just think she really likes me because I keep the house cold.
0: Apparently so. That's creepy. Yeah.
1: It's pretty cool.
0: No, it's not. That's terrifying.
1: Oh, I like it. I think she's fine. In 1968, Miss Kate passed away and her last request was to return to the Sheridan Inn. Her remains were cremated and her ashes buried in the wall of the room that she occupied on the third floor for so many years. Jesus. That's the room I was in.
0: Why would you do that?
1: I'm telling you this is a real thing. Wow. It's insane. According to staff, Miss Kate's presence is felt on an almost daily basis. She is known to repeatedly turn lights on and off and open and shut doors. Her presence is very strong in her third floor room, often felt by moving cold spots. Cold spots also randomly appear near the front downstairs windows or in the ballroom. The ballroom is where we did hair and makeup. At other times, many have reported hearing the sounds of footsteps throughout the old inn. One person reported driving by the inn at 2 a.m. to see the third floor windows dark with the drapes closed. However, 30 minutes later, they drove by again, and the lights were on, and the drapes were open. The inn was obviously closed at that time of night, and according to staff, there would not be anyone on the third floor during these wee hours of the morning. But it was Kate, and now she's hanging with me in Nashville. I'm telling you.
0: Were you staying on the third floor?
1: Yes, I was in her room.
0: You don't know if you were really in her room.
1: Yeah, I was on the third floor.
0: Yeah, but you don't know if you're And in this
1: says, Miss Kate's room was fully renovated. <laughs> Who took on the room as a community project? Miss Kate's favorite chair is placed next to the wall where her ashes are buried today. Legend has it that Miss Kate continues to act as a guardian over the inn. I'm telling you, I was in her room.
0: If she's with you now, then who's taking care of the inn?
1: Maybe she floats back and forth, you yeah. know? I mean, that's a far but commute. The lights in my bathroom do some crazy shit.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's creepy. I don't know if I need that.
1: It's serious.
0: So Sarah and I are going to the Masters soon.
1: Ooh, cool.
0: We're going to go watch a golf tournament in in Augusta, Georgia. And I'm so excited. I'm going to cry probably when I get there because When it's, is this? It's always like East, Easter weekend.
1: Oh, so soon.
0: Yeah, it's coming up. In anticipation of going to the Masters, I started reading some books about the Masters. And so I decided to read the autobiography of Tiger Woods when he won the Masters in 1997. And I realized that there's a lot of people don't give a shit about golf, but I read this one and I thought it was very interesting. And so even if you don't read it, I thought I'd give you some of the things that I learned that I thought were very, very interesting about Tiger. Okay. His dad was a green beret, like a badass kind of like army guy. And his mom was a Buddhist. You know how he always wears red on Sunday? Like he wears like no, his tiger. I didn't know that. Well, he, he wears, always wears red on Sunday. I didn't know why he did that. But I found out in the book, I guess in like the, in the Buddhist culture, there are different colors for every day. And Sunday is, is the red day. And so he would wear it but when he was like younger and his mom would say that he played better when he wore the red one, whether he did or not, he's not really sure. Cause he's like, I still won tournaments when I wasn't wearing red, but it became a thing. And I did not know that it was because of his mother's like Buddhist teachings. The other thing is that he used to go over to, I think Thailand is where she's from, Uh, as a kid. And this part of his life and religion, I didn't know a lot about, but he's like big into meditation. And I would have never thought that for Tiger Woods, but he talks about getting in this meditative zone and like this Zen zone. He can do it on the golf course, which I think is super interesting. Like I I just thought he was just like a good golfer. I didn't know there were other things that were going on. One of the crazy things was I've heard stories that his dad used to try to distract him um, because he was like, you know, When you're on the golf course, there's going to be cameras and, you know, people yelling things. And so I I had heard stories of, like, his dad, like, jingling the change in his pocket while he was putting to, like, distract him and stuff. But one thing that I didn't know about that I thought was very, very interesting was that he would call him names. He would say, like, terrible things to his son. And one of the things he would call him is he would call him a little N-word, when he would hmm. when he would hit golf balls and stuff and I'm like that's a t- why would you do that and he was like it's hard to hear but you have to understand my dad knew that I was going to hear that on the golf course and if I couldn't block it out as a kid then I'm not going to be able to block it out as an adult so when I first got on the on the tour and he was like I would hear that shit I was able to block it out because my dad used to say that to me all the time which I thought that, that was insane. fascinating fucked up Uh, If you like golf, uh, it's good. It's cool. It's interesting. It's a good introspective into his life and why he is so good. I liked it. Cute. Yeah. Someone sent this to me, and it's a guy interviewing somebody at BYU. Oh, boy. Tell me if you can hear it. What's the craziest thing that's happened to you at BYU? Um, I shook a bed for soaking. (laughs) Hey, lady, you were in a threesome. Just so you know, <laughs> it was a terrible one, but you were in one. Oh no! I am this. Uh, that's. Can you imagine? No. Oh I can't. my god!
1: <laughs>
0: These kids over there—they're cray cray.
1: It's not great. It's not. <laughs> it's
0: so funny though. Jesus Christ. Hilarious. So good. Um, you got anything cool coming up? You got anything else?
1: I'm going to New York this weekend. Oh, you are? I'm playing a show on Saturday night at a spot called Somewhere Nowhere. Okay. So if you're in New York City, come on out. I think I play at like 1230 a.m. <laughs> so, you know, chug your Celsius, chug your Red Bull, and come on out and let's have a dance party.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Sarah and I are going to a wedding on Thursday.
1: Oh, where
0: at? In Austin. Oh fun. I know. I'm very excited. I love Austin. It's our friend Ryan Pinkston. He's on The Young Rock and he's also on Punked. He was like the little kid on Punked. Yep. So he's getting married. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to go to this is the first wedding that I'm going to since my wedding. Okay. I'm just excited about like eating on someone else's dime and being (laughs) so fucked up that I can't talk to anybody. Because that's what everyone did at my wedding. Right. You know?
1: Yep. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, that's what happened. I'm excited for next week, I guess. I guess. What do you think is going to happen with old Zachariah? Cha-cha-cha. I
1: don't know. I think Zach might have screwed himself. Yeah. And might be walking out of here alone. But I don't know. We'll see.
0: Okay, so that kind of happened to Clayton, right? Yep. And then before that, was it Peter? Yeah. And it kind of happened to Peter, right?
1: yeah but P- Peter ended up with Kelly so I guess it all worked out for him but
0: no, I'm just saying like the Bachelor's, like track record yeah. recently has been not super great and then and then before that was Colton correct
1: I have no idea I feel like we're missing people I don't oh yeah Matt
0: Matt's he ended up with Rachel he did. he
1: did so
0: that's fine yeah guys these days they don't know how to they don't know how to navigate the fantasy suite sorry sex week no, they don't they don't it's tough, you know? your
1: garbage, what can I say?
0: I mean... Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, well, this has been fun. We did a straight-up, like, Bachelor episode. We haven't done that in a while.
1: We haven't.
0: You know? Good stuff. Well, have fun in New York.
1: Thanks. Have fun in Austin.
0: We'll do. Uh, next week, we'll uh, we'll do some, uh, some callers. We'll do some fuck you very muches. And we will dissect what... Happened to Zach, I guess. Yeah. Should be good. All right.
1: Get your internet fixed, okay?
0: Okay. See you guys. Bye bye.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.